When you need to refuel between meetings or running errands, or you just want a healthy snack that squashes your hunger, wonderful pistachios, which come in a variety of flavors and sizes, by the way, are the perfect choice to fill you up and keep you going throughout the day. Wonderful Pistachios is also a good source of protein and a zero-guilt snack. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, guys, which gives you over 10% of your daily value. And with flavors like salt and pepper, sweet chili, and seasoned salt in the shelled variety, options like chili roasted, sea salt, and vinegar or jalapeno lime in the no-shell variety, you're sure to please your taste buds while snacking healthy. So check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, who has not taken advantage of the week free trial of the fitness app yet. Check it out. It is a one-stop shop for all your fitness, nutrition, and wellness needs, custom meal plans, personalized workout programs, meditations, sleep programs, community support, and so much more. You can use it on any device, anywhere, any place, anytime, no equipment needed or all the equipment in the world is in there. There's yoga, there's kickboxing, there's audio only workouts, there's HIIT training, weight loss programs, prenatal programs, anything and everything you can think of is in the fitness app. And if you go to thefitnessapp.com slash podcast deal, you can get 25% off an annual subscription for $89.99 a year. So check it out and start your free trial today. Welcome to Keeping It Real Conversations with Jillian Michaels. All right, squad. Today's guest is Dr. Sabine Hazan. Um, you may remember that she is a rock star gastroenterologist that I had on, I want to say, about a year and a half ago. Um, and she and I got into some really incredible stuff talking about microbiome and immunity. In particular, I had watched a whole TED Talk about cholera and the microbiome. This is way before COVID hit us, right? And um, the speaker in this TED Talk was talking about how, you know, back in the day of cholera, this kind of mad scientist of sorts discovered that people with a certain bacteria in their bodies were not immune to cholera, I guess, but were relatively asymptomatic. And I asked her, here's what's so interesting. I remember asking her at the time, could it be microbiome, right? The bacteria in our gut, which varies dramatically from person to person, because what impacts our microbiome is how we eat, if we sleep, you know, if we've been given mad doses of antibiotics, the types of foods we eat, all that stuff is going to play into it. So everybody is painting a different picture over the course of their lives based on all those different factors, right? So I was like, could this be a component? And she said, we think so. The research is starting to come out. So guess what, guys? 
The research is out and it's wild. So I'm not going to say more, actually. I'm just going to make you stick around for uh, Dr. Hazan to explain to us what they've been discovering about COVID and microbiome and what we can do to help safeguard uh, ourselves, not just against COVID, but other viral infections down the road. Um, But I want to talk about something I've been getting heavily into, which are um, longevity supplements. So I'm sure you guys want to die because it's, you know, that I take a million, it's it's like my friends come stay with me and they're like, what are you taking now? I'm like, oh, now I'm taking that, you know, now I'm taking that. Now I'm taking this. And I take different things for different reasons. I've never thrown these onto the supplement list though, because I find they're, I don't know, everybody should take grains, right? Everybody should take symbiotics. Everybody should take uh, omega-3s, preferably krill so that, you know, fish oil goes rancid. It doesn't have, you know, the, 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 um, the red color, uh, coloring that a krill provides, which is an antioxidant, all this stuff, krill's better. Anyway, whatever, I, I give you the generals, <laughs> right? Which is still a kind of an extensive list, adaptogens and all that. But I never got into some of the crazier crap that I do because it's a lot, it's a commitment. Um, but I started getting heavily into it because of uh, David Sinclair. He's one of the preeminent um, researchers and scientists uh, in the space of longevity. So this animal, I mean, he makes me look like a pansy, but I started following his pretty much exact regimen. And I hate to say this. I, I, I don't, I don't actually hate to say it, but like, I am noticing a difference. Wow. It's kind of wild. So, and when I say a difference, I mean, I'm, I'm doing a host of things. Like I'm at full-blown cold plunging now, 11 minutes a week, because that seems to be like the, you got to get 11 minutes a week at between 35 and 50 degrees. So I usually do four, three-minute rounds. Um, Sauna, three 20-minute sessions a week at 174 degrees, when I can find 174 degrees sauna, because infrared is not that hot, by the way. Everyone thinks it's better, and the research does not suggest it's better. Um, and, you know, I've gone to the 16 hour fast window and all of that, but I started really aggressively pursuing longevity supplementation. And, um, I just noticed like my hair is looking less. I don't know how to say, I know I sound crazy. There's this one little patch of gray, like the size of a quarter. (laughs) And I was watching David Sinclair talk about how you can set, you can salvage it. You can reclaim it. And I listened to a few other things and I was like, all right, I'm going to start taking all this stuff. And I'm noticing, like I recover from my workouts more quickly. I do have more energy. Um, and it could be all of these different factors together, but I thought, you know what, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what I'm taking. And I, I have to preface it by saying I'm taking what Dr. David Sinclair takes. If you should choose to explore any of this, obviously talk to your doctor. That's the caveat, but let's talk about it. So the first thing is an NAD booster. So NAD is called nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. Okay, long story short, this is really prevalent in our body. But as we age, it becomes less and less prevalent, right? 
So we want things that are going to boost our NAD levels. Now, what does NAD do in the body? This is a straight rip. I, this is a copy and paste. Quote, <laughs> some of these critical cellular processes include metabolic pathways, maintenance, repair of DNA to safeguard genomic stability, and autophagy, the cell's recycling mechanism. Collectively, these functions are important for maintaining systemic health and balance. So long story short, those are the things that NAD does. Cleans up dead senescent tissues in the body, so it helps to support autophagy. That's what autophagy is, which fasting, that fast window, also helps to support autophagy. DNA genomic stability is making sure that our proteins don't misfold, our DNA doesn't get messed up. All of these things that make us sick over time. And when these tissues, um, the cells in our body, when the proteins misfold and these dead senescent cells collect and don't get recycled, by the way, they leak inflammatory proteins like cytokines and all this bad stuff. So not only do we want to kill those cytokines and get these dead proteins to stop leaking inflammatory chemicals, inflammatory enzymes and proteins in the body, we want it, those things to not die as rapidly and we want to clean them up when they do. So kind of that's really what we're looking for is how do we protect our sirtuin genes? How do we boost NAD? How do we protect our epigenome? All of these things actually that I did talk about in the six keys that are the body processes linked with how we age for better or for worse. So without giving you this crazy science lesson that might numb you out. Long story short, we want to support anything that maintains the integrity of our cells, whether it's you know how they utilize energy or them maintaining their three-dimensional structure and not misfolding, protect our epigenome. What's going to do all this stuff, right? Keep things from dying, clean up the dead stuff, keep the dead stuff from leaking bad stuff. Long story short. So NAD, we want things that are going to boost NAD. Now you're thinking, well, why can't I take in NAD supplement. So this one gets a little complicated and it has to do with the structure of the NAD molecule and how it gets into our cells because it's kind of complex. It's a really big molecule. So you'll see supplements that have something called NR, which is nicotinamide riboside. You'll see supplements that have NMN, nicotinamide mononucleotide, and NAD. So you think NAD is better? And there are people in big cities that are doing NAD IV drips. It doesn't seem to be effective as an oral supplement. And there isn't a ton of research to suggest whether or not, because people haven't done a study on the IV drips of NAD with a placebo group, meaning people who aren't doing it. So we don't really know yet, but it's not super accessible. It's expensive. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I hate needles. I don't, I don't love that. Yeah. Good for you if you can tolerate that. I can't. Not to mention, you know, when you see NMN, it's on this kind of pathway to becoming. It's how one of the things we need to create NAD. NMN is easier to get into the cell so the cells can make NAD. Nicotinamide riboside NR has just been shown in all the data to be less effective at making NAD than NMN. So if you're deciding, right, you see an NAD supplement, you see an NR supplement, right now, all the data suggests that an NMN supplement, nicotinamide mononucleotide, is the most effective at boosting NAD in our body. So you can buy straight NMN powder. 
period. End of story, right off of Amazon. And by the way, they may, and this really sucks, they may make it legal to buy over the counter. And the reason is because drug companies have done so much research on NMN that they want to patent. They want to find a way to sell it as a drug and not make it so that any supplement company can just, they're like, it's, and they, it looks like they're going to get away with it. So stock up guys, stock up if you're going to do it. All right. Now the next one we need to look at are plant molecules that work to kill these senescent cells, right? Or prevent them from secreting those inflammatory molecules. And these ones I think you're going to have heard of. Quercetin, resveratrol, which is uh, in red wine, right? Which is one of the reasons we think the French get away with that high fat diet because of the resveratrol and the red wine, something called fisetin, F-I-S-E-T-I-N. And these three things essentially get made by the plant when the plant is stressed. So for example, Pinot Noir has the highest level of resveratrol in it because it's the grape that is the most highly stressed. Why is this good? It's the same thing that Dr. Lee tells us about nutrients, berries, right, that aren't organic because they have to make their own insecticide, right? They build these right, polyphenols yeah. to protect themselves. Well, they also protect us. So you can find um, a supplement that has quercetin, resveratrol, and fisetin in it, just so you know. You want to take NMN and those supplements in the morning. And you can still take it on a fast. I do. And it, do- it doesn't make you sick to your stomach. And you want to take it with a little bit of fat. So I usually put a little butter in my coffee or heavy whipping cream. So I take it, I pour all that stuff in my first sip of coffee and I'm good to go, okay? You wanna do about a gram of NMN, that's what the study suggests, a gram of resveratrol, 1.5 grams of quercetin and fisetin. And then there are two other things, okay? One's called berberine. So this actually... Uh, increases the mitochondrial energy, so supports the mitochondrial energy of the cells, right? But it also helps to lower your blood glucose. It's kind of like a plant version of metformin, which is that diabetes medication, which is also linked to longevity. But I don't think, you know, people's doctors aren't going to be handing out metformin prescriptions left, right, and center. But metformin essentially mimics a fasted state, so it helps support autophagy, which is why it's linked to longevity. Well, berberine has been shown to have similar effects of metformin. So you would take that one at night before bed and you want to take about a gram of it. I take it separately. And then there's one more. Okay. And this is going to sound really gross. Um, This is called spermidine and you know how they found it? It's going to sound crazy. A doctor found these little crystals in his sperm. I'm not kidding. And no, it doesn't come from sperm anymore. It comes from wheat germ. It also stimulates autophagy and helps stabilize changes to our epigenome. So I actually don't take spermidine. I haven't gotten there yet. Maybe I will. And uh, I'm noticing a monster difference after a month. Now, it's a commitment. You know, this is for those of us who are a little bit nuts. But right now, supplementally speaking, if you're looking for supplements that are going to help, you know, help with longevity and help you stay young and um, healthy and strong. These are the ones on the landscape. There's more coming down the road and I'll, it's called NCEs, new chemical entities. But we're about a year out on having information on that. We're going to yeah. make Dr. David Sinclair talk to us about that one when we get him on next year because he's coming on. Ah, he is. All right. I know we're in a hurry. <laughs> Cindy's rushing me. 
Dr. Hazan's checking in. All right, get ready. We'll be right back with Dr. Sabine Hazan. Your business was going great, but now your team is buried in manual work. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,025, one. 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less. Close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Jillian. That's netsuite.com slash Jillian to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash Jillian. All right, team. You know, I love Skims underwear because I've mentioned them and have been wearing them for, gosh, a little over a year now. So I finally had to try their bras and Skims has delivered yet again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. Even the underwire bras I wear all day are so comfortable, I barely even notice I'm wearing them. Whether it's the weightless scoop bra, the fits everybody bra, the plunge bra, the fits everybody t-shirt bra. I always get them in sand, so you never notice them. Super comfortable. Love them. Wear them nonstop all the time. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com now. Available in 62 sizes, 38 to 46 H, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know I sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select my show in the drop-down menu that follows. All right, team, we are back with Dr. Sabine Hazan. Doc, how are you? I'm doing great. Still standing. You've been busy. Holy cow. So we previously had discussion about your book, Let's Talk Shit, which was life-changing for me. I think I've been sick maybe once for two days since I read that book. I'll have you know. Um, And I'm going to throw it out there right now, but we're going to tell you more later. You can go to Dr. Hazan's website, which is progenabiome.com and that's going to be in the show notes um but we're gonna all right so we're gonna have a rogan-esque kind of episode today we're going all the way out there um based on the studies that you've been doing on covid and the microbiome so let's start there doc you and i touched on this a year and a half ago and you told me that the data was coming out that there was a link to the health of your microbiome and the severity of your COVID case. So now you've done the work. What did you find? Well, uh, fascinating. I found what I suspected, that if you want to fight a virus, you need strong bacteria in your gut, right? So you need to boost those microbes. So what happened is I'll take you back to March 2020 when the virus started. I basically started collecting stools of patients um, with COVID and and family members that were living with people that had COVID but never got COVID because that was more interesting to me, right? Why right. is right. one family member not catching COVID and uh-huh. he's in the environment 
catching with everybody around him catching COVID. What's the difference? And getting a worse, quote, viral load than the person that caught it off the shopping cart handle. Right? Exactly. still asymptomatic, 100%. Right. Yep. Like one of my employees was taking care of her husband and her two kids that had COVID. She was feeding them soup. She was in their faces and never got it. So I got her stools, of course, because that's what I'm in the business of. So anyway, so that was my collection. At the beginning, it was like, oh, my God, I need the families. I need all the stools. I need to see this virus in the flesh. So we were the lab actually in the United States that found COVID in the stools and then pushed the whole, you know, and at the same time, the National Institute of Standard was doing their work on the septic tanks. Um, But when we found COVID in the stools, we saw the genetics of the virus from the beginning. We saw the mutations. We saw how everybody had a kind of a different virus in a way. So imagine, you know, to do- Wait, wait, stop. Back up, Doc. What do you mean a different virus in a way? Well, so when you a different strain of COVID? A different strain, different mutations. Oh, I understand. I understand. Yeah, so different mutations. So basically, if you have a virus and the, the sequence, the genetic sequence of that virus is ABCD, well, your neighbor next door might have ABCE and he's missing the D. Or he may have ABCDDE, right? Oh, so a different right. strain. Yep. And what we were also seeing was within the spike protein, there were mutations. So in other words, some people could have one spike protein. Some people could have four. Some people could have 38 so how do you, so let's say the guy has 38 Sorry. spike mutations. Is the vaccine really going to work, which is the same kind of spike mutation we're yeah. giving over and over? Because now the spike mutation itself has mutated, right? So that's why at the beginning, I didn't really think vaccination was really the answer out of this because I said, how are you going to match a virus to a vaccine that's the same sequence when the it's like sequence- the flu, it's continuously right. evolving. The- I was, we had one of the top virologists in the country on the show. And he's like, listen, you know, vaccine is one thing, but the booster is like, let's put the vaccine aside, right? The booster has no data to suggest efficacy outside of waking up, I guess, these immunity cells that kind of remember COVID and then can adapt more quickly to fix it. He goes, but it's the same spike protein. He's like, it's not evolving like a flu shot evolves. So there's no data behind right. its efficacy. And this guy's works in Columbia. Right. What is- and so- a lot of these guys are coming out now. A lot of, you know, a C. Malotra, which was, which is a UK physician who was actually pushing the vi- vaccine at the beginning. And he was, you know, saying yes. Now he's saying no. It's He's seeing myocarditis, right? So right. we need to start looking at what we're doing because clearly, you know, if people are getting four or five boosters and they're still catching COVID, there's a problem, right? Because, yeah. you know, the, the vaccine was meant to, you know, like you think of diphtheria, you think of polio, you think of rubella, you think of all these vaccines of the past. Well, they didn't really, we didn't have a problem. I didn't get measles from the MMR, right? I didn't get yes. rubella from the MMR. Um, so the MMR problem. being the vaccine. The vaccine, right. The MMR yes, okay, vaccine. I want to make this, okay. So, you know, you look back at your own childhood and you go, well, you got all these shots as a kid. Mm-hmm. You did not get the disease from the shot. And here people have had two, three, and then they got the virus. And, and of course, 
you know, so the so that was the kind of the questions, right? But we're not here to kind of talk about vaccines. But, but Doc, about- so so here's my question because it's like I understand why you can't you know vaccinate the common cold because it's constantly changing. I understand why you can't vaccinate the flu; it's constantly changing. So you got a shot, right? Oh, we think these are the strains that are going to be around. You know, here's something to help your body build an immunity to it. But with something like um, measles, what what can you vaccinate against? Uh, is the virus different? Just doesn't mutate at the same rate, and, and that's one. That's one thing. The, this virus is mutating really fast. Okay, but it, it. in its mutation, it's almost dying out. Right? I mean, we've the cases of Delta. We're not seeing them now. I mean, I remember right. like you remember a year and a half ago. I could barely talk to you because I had like fifty patients a day that I was taking care of. And I had to take care of them because they were crashing with drop in oxygen saturation. We're not seeing that now. Like now I'm like, you know what? Get your chicken soup, get your vitamins. You know, don't talk to me. I don't want to hear about it. It's a mild, you know, it's mild. Now, of course, it is going to affect. It's mild in some people. And some people are going to get, you know, it's the two ends of the spectrum. Majority is mild, but there's always the people that are, you know, the COPD, the diabetics, the overweight, yes. the poorly conditioned, the the cancer mm-hmm. patients, you know, those people are the high risk. Yes. In those people, you have to protect them. Yes. They need vaccination because they have to be protected. Doug, vaccination and booster or vaccination? Well, I think vaccination, I think we're overdoing it. If you ask me, I mean, I think one, two was just fine and, and keeping people, you know, in that level. I think 12 shots, like what Pfizer wants to do is a little bit ridiculous because that's, like, that's exactly what Dr. Rackingello said. It's yeah, the same I mean, thing. He's shots, like, I mean yep. it's, the, it's the same shot you're giving like in 2020. We're past yep. that. We're in Omicron right now. And and honestly, I'm not a big believer of that whole messenger RNA pipeline for vaccination. Really? You know, I, I'm concerned about that pipeline that spike protein remember the spike protein is what creates the long haulers to begin with right the spike protein is what enters into the mic into the cell right so the spike protein is really the the key to the lock to enter into your cell right so now we're giving the key to the lock we're seeing a lot of people with herpes shingles is that lock opening the herpes to activate. We're seeing a lot of people that are vaccinated and then they get Epstein-Barr virus. CMV encephalitis, never heard of CMV encephalitis post-vaccination. Now we're seeing some people with it. Is that key unlocking other viruses and therefore becoming a motor, almost like an igniter to the immunity cascade that's dropping. I don't know. That's all the questions, you know, that I have, because what I'm seeing on the front line is people get vaccinated on the third, fourth, they start having other viruses, you know, like college kids right now, influenza, the worst influenza, the worst, worst RSV, right? This try, tridemic. Well, that, that, that's exactly so, right. So this is, but so it that is, you're saying thing. that flu is no good. And the RSV yeah, no, thing so is that's legit. Yeah. And that's why to me, I started like, I need to understand this virus better. I need to understand what neutralizes it. So when I was doing my studies of looking at the families, what one thing we noticed, and you know, this being like, you know, into nutrition and health, we noticed that 
bifidobacteria, the bacteria that is in the probiotics, right? That is the trillion dollar industry of probiotics. Bifidobacteria was super high in people that were exposed to COVID but never had COVID compared to people that had severe COVID, which had zero. So who, what is bifidobacteria? So we took moms and babies, that paper is coming out, but I, I don't mind leaking is it. Is it a human resident strain, doc, bifidobacteria? Bifidobacteria is in your gut. You got it from your mom. Breast it's breast a human gut. Okay. Yes, it's okay. part of your genetic. It's part of it. So when you look at babies, yes, babies I understand. 90% bifidobacteria in their gut. 90%. They don't have Clostridium much. They don't have much Firmicutes. 90% of the biggest phylum is actinobacteria, which is your good phylum. So phylum is like a group of bacteria that have one thing in common, and they're all in the same phylum, right? So I like to compare, you know, the microbiome to planet Earth, right? Plan the planet Earth has different continents. So oh the microbiome gosh. kingdom has different continents of microbes, right? So when you look at the phylums, which is basically the state of microbes, there's a good group of microbes called the actinobacteria. That's what you're born with. That's what you're getting from your mom. So God. babies, when you look at that, they have a ton of bifidobacteria. Teenagers have a ton of bifidobacteria. Then, you know, the teenagers start doing drugs and alcohol yep. and this and that. And then they start killing their bifido. They become like 50-50, right? And then as we grow into young adults, we start killing our bifidobacteria, our actinobacteria phylum, but we still have an immunity left because that's our immunity is that phylum. So even though we drink coffee, a lot of coffee, even though we drink wine, et cetera, it bounces back and you still have an immunity with the good microbes, right? So the process of aging is really the loss of bifidobacteria. So when you look at the who is dying from COVID, it's the people that have zero bifidobacteria. You're overweight. So patients that are overweight have zero bifidobacteria. Messed up microbiomes it's all day long. out of balance. The poop of people who are elderly, the poop of people who are obese is messed up. Oh, it's messed totally up. messed up. And then you start looking at people that have like neurological problems, right? Oh, so we just man. did a case study, which was amazing. Uh, on I, I had uh, fought with the FDA, not fought, but like argued this case to be approved was on a kid with autism who couldn't speak, 17 years old, could not speak. And I asked the FDA to allow me to do fecal transplant using his sister's microbiome, okay? And we transferred three years into regulations and everything we finally got approved last year. We did fecal transplant using the stools of the sister, implanted it into the 19-year-old kid. He was 19 when I did it, uh, but 17 when I first started seeing him. Wow. And basically, he started speaking, saying, oh mom, God. dad, God. for the first time, mama and baba, he said, he's paying attention. He's no longer aggressive. So this case kind of showed us, wait, if you manipulate, and we discovered a bacteria called Lactobacillus animalis, which, and, and he had 58% proteobacteria phylum, which is like your bad phylum, okay? So okay. no wonder this kid was banging his head every time, you know, and cracking his teeth because he had like all these bad microbes in him creating all these toxins, so we discovered that we changed his microbiome to match the sister. He's no longer banging his head. He's no longer aggressive. He's paying attention. He's starting to learn. 
And it's it's pleasure for the parents, right? So what did we learn from this case? If you manipulate the microbiome, you have a changed neurological. So the neurological itself, the autism was linked to a microbiome alteration. So imagine mom is pregnant and she already starts with an abnormal microbiome. Yeah. She's yes. transferring it to her baby. The baby. The baby now gets a whole bunch of different stuff, antibiotics that kill your microbiome, you know, whatever else kills your microbiome, and then wakes up at 18 months not speaking. And then the parents are like, what the hell happened, right? It's a destroyed microbiome. So uh, so when we look back at COVID, you see the people that are the resilient microbiome, right? So if you've seen me on Twitter, I tend to say, if you've not had COVID, not been vaccinated, not taken any medications, please call me because I need your poop. Because that's the resilient, <laughs> right? That's like the, the microbiome that's like, you yeah, want to limit. goose right, right there. So yes. that's your golden oh, goose. Wait a second. We got to take a break, but when we come back, I, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, then, okay, are there antivirals in the form of probiotics that you're making? I want to talk about Let's Talk Shit and what that can teach us about not just COVID and other conditions. And what else can we potentially treat by getting our microbiome in order? So, Doc, hold yes. all that in your head. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors with Dr. Sabine Hazan. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, guys, we are back with Dr. Sabine Hazan. Um, Doc, I want to jump into the book. Let's uh, let's touch on this again, especially for people who didn't catch our first show together. Tell me about Let's Talk Shit and what it can teach us about, obviously, everything we've been discussing, but in particular, how our microbiome makeup can fight off these viruses. Right. What's going on? What is the mechanism of that? So bacteria, if you think about it, in the gut. So our my our poop essentially is is bacteria, viruses, parasites, fungus, right? Fiber, right? Our red blood cells, white blood cells. It's all intertwined. So from a stool sample, I can not only look and and see your DNA, but I can also see the DNA of trillions of viruses, bacteria, fungus, etc. So when you look at bacteria, bacteria comprises 90% to 99% of your poop. So bacteria is much bigger. It takes a larger space. So when we look at the microbiome, and what we do is we do genetic sequencing, essentially, which is basically looking at the DNA of these bacteria, you see the whole surface, right? The whole, the whole microbiome. And then you have a chance to go super deep into the species to look at what species are inhabiting your gut. Is Giardia inhabiting my gut? Is Mycobacteria paratuberculosis inhabiting my gut? Is Mycoplasma, right? Some people have some bacteria that are basically good for them and, and to other people, those bacteria are not good for them, right? But there's okay. a commonality, especially in America, bifidobacteria is our good microbiome. So 
What the book teaches us essentially, and what I was hoping from the book, because we mentioned bifidobacteria way before, because that was my hypothesis at the beginning of the pandemic. We discussed it. Yeah, I I said, you know, you and I talked about it and you said that the you said I'm currently working on it right now. Research is coming out soon. Yeah, so we proved it, right? So we proved that with a significant p-value that people that are exposed to COVID never got it because of their bifidobacteria was super strong. But it wasn't only bifidobacteria, it was facilobacteria and pratsnitsi. We also noticed that their bacteroides were low. And then we also noticed they had a good diversity. So those four things, essentially, low bacteroides, high facilobacterium, high bifidobacteria, high diversity of microbiome is really your signature right. of- You talk to me about that, diversity. Right? Like- don't think of it as good and bad, you said. Think of it as an imbalance. As a balance or right. imbalance, I remember you right? teaching And that's what the book and is it, teaching. And then yep. the book teaches us also to what foods are you going to feed your microbes, right? Because that's essentially you want to stay alive. you got to feed your microbes, right? You notice like when you're when you're hungry, you become angry, you become miserable, right? When you're constipated, you're miserable, right? Those are your microbes talking, right? Like you're craving chocolate. Is that your microbes talking? I mean, that's not really scientific, but I mean, those are the things that you kind of start looking. You've got to feed your microbes, right? So the book teaches us how to feed our microbes, how to be vigilant in a society where you can't really trust things, right? Is Is your yogurt, your yogurt says bifidobacteria in there. Does it really have bifidobacteria? Do you trust that yogurt? Your vitamins, do you trust that vitamin? So, you know, there's so much in the world. So this is kind of a beginning. It's also a beginning for people to understand the importance of their microbiome. So we start talking about like, you know, the microbiome in autism, the microbiome in celiac sprue. All that is alteration. And then we touch on fecal transplant, especially now that the FDA approved uh, fecal tra- fecal uh, material as a product now. So we're entering a world where pharmaceutical products are going to be fecal material. So we need to understand the fecal material faster before we start taking pills with poop in there right because so we're gonna take them orally though because you say transplant i feel like you're putting it up in there so you're you can put them it up via colonoscopy that's really the ideal when you talk because right, you can transplant. place it where you really you really want to it. be the compost okay. of your colon mm-hmm. um, and then but when you put it through the mouth the problem is it can break in the stomach it can break in the small bowel spots it may not right reach the cecum on time so this is so that there's a product that just got approved by the FDA, uh, which basically is only for C. diff. So nobody should start jumping and saying, oh, let's do it for this. We need to understand the microbiome better because if we don't understand it and we, you know, you're swapping C. diff, C. diff, you're dying. So you're going to do it, right? But mm-hmm. if you have irritable bowel syndrome and you're going to take a pill of fecal material from another person, I don't know that you want to go that route if it's going to cause you a neurological problem in the future Jeez. or have problems, right? So okay. we got to be careful when we start yeah. using these I products understand. from pharmaceutical companies to, it's one thing to be involved in a research or a physician overlooking and everything and having that patient doctor relationship, knowing who your donor is, you know, your child, your spouse, you know, I would take poop from my child or my husband, but it's another thing not knowing the donor, right? So, the, so that we gotta, you know, proceed with safety because it's still microbes. So, so that's what the book is all about: fecal transplant, digestion, 
everything. So, because see, I'm listening to this, right? I, let's say hypothetically, I'm out there listening and I'm like, all right, I have a kid who has autism. I have a kid who has ADD. And I want you to look at my poop and go, oh, well, Jill, you got no bifidi, bifidobacteria, bifidobacteria. and you've got too much of this guy and none of this guy. And, but that's not readily accessible to me. So now I'm, I'm listening and I'm like, what do I do? I would say join our clinical trials because at least at the very least, we can test the microbiome, tell you what we see from what we see so far. Okay. So that's one option. So like you're desperate, you're, you've got whatever, um, you know, so the, join the research, support the research, obviously, because this is, you know, research that's precision medicine. It's not research that's a pharmaceutical product or a biotech company development at this point. We're really in the research and we're trying to be as legit as possible to get the doctors to see the data, right? So my job is to write the data that I see and then convince doctors that there's something there so they could start using it. The microbiome testing in the future is going to be like what hemoglobin was. You remember people were bleeding 100 years ago and we didn't even know that blood transfusion was a thing, right? And yeah. and blood tests yes. were not even a thing. Yeah. Hemoglobin was not a thing. Now we have the ability to say, so imagine you're bleeding and somebody's giving you blood, but you don't even know what your hemoglobin is. That's where we are in the microbiome. We oh are seeing God. that there's stuff. When you so you mean like blood type? Correct. So that's oh the same my thing. God. So, so basically, like, you're saying we're like real early in the science here. We're so early in the science. We basically. So yeah. yes, if you have a person dying and you want to give him some poop from someone else, yes, you can run the risk. They're dying. I understand. Do everything. Yep. Yes. But, you know, don't push it for people that are not dying. You have to exert safety first. So I, I understand understanding the microbiome first uh, in research is very important. Second thing Got is it. the book helps you know what is nutrition, that nutrition is important. Yes. But nutrition is specialized for different people, right? Like a person that's from Mexico has a different nutrition than a person from Japan, right? That person- You say that, Doc, but at the end yes. of the day, here's my question. The delivery mechanism for the nutrients may be different, as in like, let's say, you know, I'm in Mexico and I'm getting complex carbohydrates in beans and the, the beans have magnesium in them, right? But now I'm over in, it's uh, freaking Norway. And, no, and like, no, you know, no. I don't know what the form of like, of complex carbohydrate would be. Let, let's just say hypothetically, there's some grain out there in the fields and they're consuming bowls of that grain and that grain has magnesium. It's still a complex carbohydrate and it still has, the micronutrients in it, though, that still seen, is universal. It has but the micronutrients, but it's also got microbes. So right. you're essentially taking right. on microbes. Also. I see. Totally different based on the soil and all this stuff. So nutrients is one thing when they're pure nutrients. So like, for example, vitamin C. Um, but, you know, that's in the food, in oranges, right? But am I getting the microbes of the region with those oranges? That's the key. Okay, question, Doc. And I'm going way off piece here. I remember when I was in India and um, a friend of mine, I, I was at Varanasi, right? And the Ganges River is there. And literally they're putting bodies in the river. They're burning bodies on the side of the river. And 
you know, they burn parts, sorry, but they burn partially sometimes if the family doesn't have enough wood and you've got hands floating by you in the river, you've got people going to the bathroom in the river, bathing in the river, and all kinds of things are happening in that river. And a friend of mine gets a splash in her mouth, goes to the hospital, deathly ill. Mind you, the people in the region are in the freaking river, taking right? a bath. Right. You go in that river, you're dead. <laughs> right. They go in the river, they're perfectly fine. I know. So that tells you they've adapted to their microbiome. They've adapted to the Right, and if I to took a food sample from one of those people, I might friggin' be sick. Real yeah, sick. Well, I, 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 I think I we talked about this where I was in Venezuela in the middle of this mountain and there was a restaurant there. And I go in there and I say, you know what? I'll have a canned tuna because canned tuna looks pretty safe, but I'll have tomatoes, right? I figured the tomatoes are from the backyard. They're probably safe, organic, right? So I want to wash my hands because I didn't want to use the utensils uh, of the area, of the restaurant. I was like in the boonies, I mean boonies. And um, <laughs> and then my husband, I go, can I wash my hands? She's like, we'll take you where we wash the tomatoes. It was in a pond with ducks oh. pooping, okay? So oh I'm watching God. this. I'm like, you know what? I'll buy a water bottle and wash my hands that way. Whoa. But then I realized the tomatoes were washed in that pond. Yeah. And of course I got Giardia and so did my husband. So what did it tell me, right? It told me yes. that these people, they're so immersed in that environment. They're surviving. They yep. But then me, I'm so sterile in my environment that I've killed yes. off probably the bacteria that recognizes, you know, that supports that balance. So that's the key to nutrition. Wow. In okay. And, and well, way, yeah. And there's obviously you wrote a whole book about it and yes. called let's talk shit, which everybody should be getting because, you know, we're talking about COVID right now because it's clearly of the moment, but you and I have had conversations about this and immunity and it far exceeds COVID. The list really does seem to go yes. on you know, with everything from mood and cognitive function to your ability to fight off disease and or suffer from long hauler syndrome. And another doctor told me, she goes, what makes you think long haulers is COVID? She's like, what do you think Epstein-Barr is? She's like, we see this across all different viruses. 100%. So long haulers, it's interesting. If I recommend everybody to get their CMV, EBV, HSV, and... um and JCV virus tested, okay? You will see that there's a couple of viruses that are lining up in long haulers because long haulers were coming out with the data that it's actually a gut dysbiosis. It's imbalance in the microbiome. So, so, so whether COVID came in and created havoc in your gut, which was already on its way to becoming havoc, if you ask a majority of long haulers, they had GI problems in the past. And then they say, oh, you know what? I did. I've always been sensitive to foods. I've always had gas, bloating. And then what happened is COVID hits. It's like a hurricane, destroys all the buildings, wow. and then you have to rebuild. So the key with long haulers is really rebuilding your, your gut. And, and this is where the book is very helpful in guiding them towards nutrition. What should they eat? What nutrients should they take? What vitamins should they take? So that's really, it's about rebuilding. You cannot rebuild your microbiome, you know, by just, you know, medications. You got to do it yourself and you got to get yourself right. back into health. And it takes time, yeah. by the way. All right. So, Doc, I've got uh, a question of the week for you 
from Nicole Sheena, 1995. Um, and I know, I think I've got a pretty good idea what you're going to say now. So the question is, how do we get rid of bacteria and virus in our gut? Which, I mean, obviously, go ahead, doc, take it from here. I, you don't necessarily want to get rid of them. You want to create a balance because you need microbes to survive. Remember, diversity of microbes is what allows yep. us to live healthy. So you don't want to kill. We got to stop the killing and we got to start <laughs> adding. That's it. Bring in the love. Stop the yeah. killing. Stop the hatred. Stop the destruction <laughs> of the microbiome. Build. It's time to build. And especially we've all survived. We've survived COVID. The worst part is over now. It's time to heal. It's time to heal America. It's time to bring in the love, the laughter, the fun, because all that is part of the microbiome. You know, meditation is good. Laughing is good. You know, it's not all about just taking pills and probiotics and vitamins. It's all Fiber. that. It's yeah. all about exercising. Go for a walk. Go for a hike. You know, go to the beach. Go love your kids. Go hug your kids. Go hug your mom. Go hug your dad. All that is bringing in more microbes. Go into that restaurant where you you never eaten food before, and now you're adding diversity to your microbiome. You know, it's all about that. Immunity is something you build. It's not something you destroy. You have to That's build. Such your a perfect. Immunity. Wow, that is so well said. Doc, you're amazing. Guys, the book is called Let's Talk Shit. And Doc, for to take part in your trials and all that stuff and to learn more, they Contact go to Progenobiome. Progenobiome. Yeah. And they can register and all that. P-R-O-G-E-N-A-B-I-O-M-E.com. And it's going to be in the show notes. And Doc, since I mentioned the website, right? And we dro- we're driving everybody to progenobiome.com. Did, did you make supplements that i mean this is what you do that can yes. help with gut health yeah so we have a vitamin c d and zinc combination i was tired of taking you know different bottles pills so i combined <laughs> one pill with vitamin c uh, zinc as a combination we nice. tested it on the microbiome the data is coming on that uh it is quality vitamins and it actually supports research because the ben- the profits of that even the profits of the books go to support our research because we're self-funded you're fantastic as always. Please come back. You blow my mind. I worship at your feet, Doc. Thank you for having me. I love your show. Love it. Hey, guys, if you're enjoying the show, do us a big favor and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it just helps us get the show out there, get it heard by more people. We really appreciate it.